0: today on The Breakdown. Sometimes we give you tournaments. Sometimes we would give you cash game hands. Well, guess what? It's a cash game hand kind of day. But not only that, it's a big cash game hand kind of day. I mean, huge cash game hand kind of day. Like if you were shrunk down to like a tiny size and you looked at a salt shaker, that thing would be huge. That's what I'm talking about here. This is a 50 50 game from Live at the Bike. And it's got two of the most interesting players, I would say, from Live at the Bike. Two of them. There's, there's a few, for sure. But one of them, without question, is, of course, Garrett Adelstein. And the, another one is Andy. Andy's a little bit crazy, but thoughtful crazy. And these guys always play super deep, make everyone's life really hard. And they're about to, well, at least one of them is going to make the other one's life really hard. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs>
1: All right, I have a problem with the opening. And what? What could? What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is. The and huge thing. Yes, and I know you often take issue that I criticize your openings. No, too no, much, I but I think this it. is worthwhile. Please. With, you're going out of your way to say how big this cash game is. We've done cash games that are equivalent of twenty five, 5 k. Yeah, this is one fiftieth that size. You know what
0: happened? No, no, I, I thought of that as I was saying it, and then I stopped doing the huge thing as soon as I re- had that exact same thought. It's because earlier today we recorded a video, we recorded a video that by now everyone will have seen. Yeah. Um, about Mike Possel, and we actually break down one of his hands, and it's a five five game. Right, with this $10 straddle, so this is so much bigger than that. That in my mind, it was huge, but no, you're totally right in every way. Yeah, you created a problem of scale. There, yeah, where I, like, did. I made it sound like they're playing like 5,000, 10,000, and it's 5,000, like which the, is still big, but come on.
1: It's my biggest problem with the movie Pacific Rim, and I'll never stop saying it. Yeah, the kaiju category three, category four, category five. There's no fucking difference. They made it sound they're like... Not, the category... not any more difficult to kill one yeah. than the next.
0: They really made it sound like the Category 5 was like three times the size of the other ones and was going to be like the end boss of all end bosses, and it was just another... It was just the same. Creature.
1: It was like another thing that had different shaped head they, or whatever.
0: They basically just said something about it 20 minutes before, which made it sound like it was going to be tougher, and then nothing else made it tougher at all. Yeah. Super dumb. Still By the way, still I'd, also like, I'd also like to say about Pacific Rim, most of the way through the movie, our heroes... Have a sword that they at one point pull out and they just slice the hell out of someone's belly and it kills one of the yeah. kaiju. and It's like maybe you should have been doing that the whole time before and after and from now on because apparently that's all it takes to puncture one of these things' skin. And then, you know what? what's the problem? They should have
1: learned their lesson because in another giant fighting movie, the original Transformers had the same problem. In fact, yeah. where Optimus Prime had the sword, they didn't take out to the last fight and he just like killed everybody with it. No problem. They right. just gonna use it the whole time.
0: Like what the hell? Like come on, come on movies what the hell just act like just say it's a new function this is so easy to fix speaking speaking stupid, of new functions. stupid kaiju <laughs> speaking of new functions what do you got um i have some things i want to read from twitter
1: oh okay go let's go <laughs>
0: that's good right yeah why not okay so um there's you know there's a lot you guys you guys are pretty active these days on Twitter and we appreciate it we love hearing from you guys for sure just wanted to highlight a few of the more fun ones so we did our um, Mike Possel and Cheating and Poker podcast and Joel Purvis wrote to us on October 5th on Twitter. And he said, Pot Tripper was not Russ Hamilton. a ah. Pot Ripper, I should say. Pot Ripper played on Absolute before merging with UB. He was most likely Scott Tom, but I'm not sure that was ever verified. Russ Hamilton was super using on UB through multiple accounts around the same time. So we got that wrong, because yeah. I said he was. I thought he was the same guy. That's, it's been a long time, I guess. Yeah, we it's been a while. Yeah, we didn't really uh, look as close into it as we could have. So that was one. Just, you know, just cleaning up some of the stuff that needs to be cleaned up. Mike D'Angelo tweeted us very recently. And he wrote, Podcast Bits of 2019 ranked number one, Cobra Hospice Sale, which of course is from our, uh, one of our most recent podcasts. Yeah. It might have been the Apostle been and Cheating one. I'm not sure. No, I don't, I don't think it was okay. that one. That was number one. Number two, in parentheses, everything else, doesn't matter, who cares, Cobra Hospice Sale. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, Cobra Hospice was like a fake ad that came out of nowhere. We didn't plan it
0: or anything. We never do. Yeah. Yeah, we just started making cobra jokes turned into an ad for Cobra Hospices that you were selling cobras or something. It was good. Okay. Um, Andrew Gibeon wrote three tweets to us back to back to back just a day ago, actually, about the thing that everyone cares about. English muffins versus croissants. Yes, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing because it's, it's basically like reading this all is, of... It's like reading the entire Game of Thrones saga so far. We're, we're the English <laughs> muffin croissant long. guys now. We're not, the, we're not the poker guys anymore. We're the English <laughs> muffin croissant guys. It does feel like that a little bit. He basically says, and I'm just going to, again, abridge this a little bit. I've reached my breaking point. <laughs> a freshly toasted and buttered Thomas's English muffin is a small slice of heaven. Reaching heights to which a store bought croissant, its natural peer, could only dream. And then he goes on to explain that a freshly made croissant and a chocolate croissant are better. We all acknowledge that. But he's saying if you're doing natural peers, you go into the grocery store, you buy yourself a Thomas's English muffin, guess what? You got yourself a gold medal. Winner. I have a
1: major fucking issue with
0: this. <laughs> major issue. Please, please uh, go.
1: What stands out to you? Yeah. What? How does he describe the English muffin? What's the word right before it? Um,
0: freshly toasted and buttered. Nope. After that, small slice of heaven. No, nope. reaching heights to which it's. I don't know what you're talking. What about.
1: is the word directly before English muffin? Thomas's. Yeah, that's my fucking problem. This guy works for Thomas's. <laughs> this is branding. Thomas's is not. I is, got. It's not like all English muffins. That no. is a brand of English it muffin.
0: It is. It is weird though because. It is actually like when I grew up, that's all we ever got, and they were really good. And when I, I bought some, I mentioned this on a podcast recently, I bought some recently in Portland, and they were really not as good as I remember. And I was like, maybe English muffins just aren't as good, but I think I've been getting the wrong kind. Yeah, you can get Thomas's here. Yeah, well, I'm going to try it, damn it. No, well, this is turned into an ad for This Thomas's, is happening. <laughs> you fucking, turned it.
1: you did that. Well, no, actually, what's-his-name did.
0: Andrew Gibeon? Yeah. That's not a what's-his-name, that's Andrew Gibeon. By the way, one other um, tweet from three days ago, Kev on the bus tweets, here on the East Coast and can confirm English muffins are better than the West Coast. Jonathan, I got your back. Hashtag team Jonathan. Hashtag team English muffin.
1: Although the premise of that is that he knows that just because he's on the East Coast. Has yeah. he been to the West Coast and tried the English muffin?
0: I mean, the fact that he said they're better than on the than the West Coast sounds like he's he had a West He could just be one of those like Biggie Tupac things where he just doesn't care. And he's like, everything on the West why, Coast is bad. Why would he assume that they're any different
1: on the East or West Coast? Because people get like all brand loyal with their coasts and shit. You're and ridiculous. he's like, everything's better on the East coast uh, you're, you're boat
0: shoes hey um boat shoes alex trembeth tweets wait what jonathan has never really watched friends so the whole george rr R. martin story was a lie so apparently don't you, we had some story I have no remember someone made a, an image of me and george rr R. Oh, yeah. and friends and oh yeah we yeah. told some story about that right i don't remember what the story was salty corner it, mma made that yeah of course he did yeah um uh, I don't remember the story because you know it was invented and it left as soon as it was out of my mouth. It was out of my head and I never thought about it again. But I'm glad it made an impact on you guys. <laughs> yeah, Alex Trumbath, Salty and Company. Yep. So yeah, I don't know what I said. It was untrue. The Most end. of the things you say are untrue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much. I'm pretty much just. Is your name, little name little even Jonathan? False, false existence. My name, as people call me and that I respond to, is Jonathan. Mm. That's all I'll say about that. Are you really a poker guy? I am a guy, and I am poker. You are poker, <laughs> but I'll say, am I a poker guy? That's for you to. That sounds that's like for, that's for someone else to determine. That sounds like
1: a really bad Poker Stars campaign that they would like yeah. run. They would run during like NFL playoff games in 2008 when they were really making a push, where they'd have like a bunch of people holding their laptops up, and it would say like,
0: "We are poker." No, I am poker is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of different, a nice yeah. diverse group of folks saying yeah. yeah, yeah, I am poker. I am poker. Yeah, the end of it's like the end of Malcolm X. It's like the end of Malcolm X. It is. That's exactly what happens at the end of a Malcolm X. Bunch it's like kids, the end of a bunch Spartacus. Of kids look up and say, I am poker. I gotcha.
1: Spartacus. Anyway. Anyway. Let's move on to the hand. This Please. is live with the bike hand. It yeah. is not the biggest cash game in the world, but it is a, you know, it's a, it's hefty, a tasty size. You, you got some money or you're well backed to be playing in this thing. 50, 50, 100. It's a three blind game. The 100 is not a straddle. It is the actual big blind. Hmm. This hand was suggested by Carl with a K. Toby Bentall and Paul Langing, of yes. course, they suggested it on Twitter, which is the best
0: way to do it. It's what you do.
1: If you do it on YouTube, we mostly don't see it.
0: Right. If you do it on... People do it all sorts of ways, though. They'll they'll send me messages on Twitter instead of just... Suge- and just go, instead of doing what is @to this me guys? thing that you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> do we not share the account? I don't know. Do you look at it? I feel like I do all the looking at it these I days. I look at it. Okay.
1: You just do most of the responding. Well, so
0: me. Um so Although yeah, gotta asked like me a
1: direct question. I, I just got something
0: is. on Facebook um, about it. Someone sent me, a us, I should say, a Twitter message about it. Like, we don't want your messages, okay? We want you to go at two poker guys and then the thing. And then it shows up in our mentions and it's really clear and easy for us. Otherwise, get off the damn boat. You're not wanted. Yeah. Those boat shoes for that boat. Boat shoes <laughs> on the East Coast.
1: I mean, they're very popular there and have been for a while. Yeah, whatever. I was recently in Maine. Everybody had at least two pairs. Anyway, so... That's all the things we had to say about Twitter.
0: I think we can finally move on to the hand, and it's exciting. Basically, we're going to use up seven minutes of your life before we get to a hand, no we're matter at, what, dude. We're at ten minutes, but it? you know. But I'm saying, like, it's always a minimum of seven minutes of so just fucking around. That's, <laughs> That's my favorite part of the show. Was, what are you going to do? Yeah, I
1: mean, poker analysis is whatever. We just yeah, do that shit in our sleep. I
0: actually know someone who listens to the podcast, but only listens to the first seven to ten minutes, and it sometimes listens to the hands, but a hundred percent listens to the opening of everyone because they're always different and fun. Who's that? I can't say out loud.
1: You can't say out loud. Nope. Is it? Is it a former president?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I will say this, president of what? All right, moving on. Okay.
1: <laughs> so 50-50-100, and uh, we got Andy, Andy Sy. We've done plenty of breakdowns of Andy. Mm-hmm. Andy and Garrett are probably the two guys we've done the most breakdowns of. Disagree. From, but... from, from Live with the Bike. Excuse ah,
0: me. you've had to really qualify the hell out of that. Artie Paps may disagree with you, yeah, but i sure Paps, you're probably right. is up I there. think Artie Paps is, has Andy in a fucking barrel, but But whatever. Garrett's
1: number one, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! All right, so Andy's going to be in the hijack in this hand. We don't know how deep they are. All we know is these guys like to play super deep, so they're probably super super. It's deep. It's like
0: a hundred percent. These guys have at least five hundred blinds, right? Yeah. So it's just not. It's not an issue. Nothing's in play here. I mean, sorry, things can be in play, but like no one's. A, it's it's going to be hard to be short stacked at any point. You know, it's it's going to be hard to get a one to one stacked a pot at, at any point.
1: Yes, that is correct. So anyway, we're just not going to take stack size into account, and of course it's a cash game, so there's no. Life or anything to worry about, so it's great. not as important. It's a pure hand of poker. Yes, it's uh, not even table stakes. They can lose their house, you know, <laughs> like the old days. In the old days, you could
0: lose your life if you did it right. If you did it right, yeah. After you run over everything else, there were certain times when you could literally put your life on the line. Where mm. do you think that phrase came from?
1: Is that oh yeah, great point. <laughs> so was that like an old version of suicide by cop or like suicide by poker?
0: No, I mean you know you want to win your house back, and you're like I got to I got to put something up for it. So someone either can kill me or I get my house. You get the opportunity to kill me, but not if I kill you first. I'm just (laughs) making this up, obviously. Let's go. All right. So Andy's in the hijack. He's
1: got some absurd amount of chips, and he opens to 300 with queen, 10 of diamonds, whatever. It seems small in a three-blind game, but whatever. That's what people do these days, it seems. Oh, yeah. That's what they do. Garrett Adelstein is how you pronounce that, right? Apparently. I'm just going to call him G. Is in the $100 big blind. And he's got 10-7 offsuit, 10 of spades, 7 of clubs. He's going to call.
0: I mean, they're super deep. It's fine.
1: So far, so good. Yep. The pot is $700. Okay. My notes say the glop is 8 of hearts, deuce of diamonds, <laughs> 9 of clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I must have meant to write flop. Uh, so 8, 9, deuce. It's a rainbow. There is diamond for backdoor diamonds for Andy. So Garrett has flopped open-ended. Andy has flopped two overs with a gut shot.
0: Boy, if that gut shot comes in, though. Holy smokes, what a trouble that would be for Mr. G. Oh, what a trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? He'd yeah. have the second nuts, and he'd have the nuts. But that's only if the uh, thing comes in. Is it Rainbow? It is. Jesus. I don't remember. You don't listen to me. I was doing, I was working on the whole thing I was going to say. What do you want? Who listens? I mean, this is a podcast, so people listen. <laughs> they listen. <laughs> <laughs> You know,
1: there are solo podcasts out there. Maybe you should try doing that. I ones. used to do a solo poker podcast. Yeah, was it good?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, cool. you know, it, it was, I don't even know if it was popular. The guy who produced it claimed it was popular, but I think it was a lie.
1: Well, it was nice of him to tell you that.
0: No, it wasn't. It wasted my time. Oh, you didn't? He claimed know? we were getting, like, thousands of, th- 20,000 listens. I just don't think it Did was Did you make true. any money? I made. he was paying, like, 100 bucks a month. Sweet. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> terrible. This was, like, in 2008. There wasn't a whole lot of money to be made in podcasting. In fairness, but I don't know why we're talking about this. But I used to, you know, talk about Marvel Marvel movies and stuff because you know I had a lot of free time on that when you're by yourself. And also, you still talk about that. I know, I know format. (laughs) We already talked about kaiju today. I didn't even have like a thing I talked about every time. It was just talk about poker, and I didn't have like we now have a thing that we do every time, so it's it's relatively straightforward. We I didn't have that, so I just like whatever. So you know, of course I have to talk about Ant Man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so G Man. So here's the flop <laughs> straight draw for uh, the G Man and uh, gut shot and overs for Andy. Yep, eight, nine deuce. It's a rainbow flop. Garrett, Garrett checks. I assume you think Andy should bet, right? He's got Yeah, the overs, yeah, got the yeah. yeah. Of course, he can make the nuts. He's got overs. It's Absolutely. probably a
1: relatively range neutral board when Andy
0: opens in the hijack. It's probably slightly favored fav- to Garrett, slightly but whatever in, the, in the very slightest, probably not very much like they're deep enough too, And well, we don't know exactly how deep we know they're crazy deep. Andy can bet call. He's in position. I think, I think the plan, especially would be the with call. the backdoor flush draw. I mean, honestly, well, with the gut shot to the nuts. Well, yeah, especially, but it
1: really helps to have a backdoor. Forward. That helps. It's real yeah. nice. Yeah. Makes you feel nice. This, this feels like a super straightforward. Toasty warm. I like this bet. I think it yep. should bet. And what do you think Garrett should do with his open ender? Cause Andy does bet. He bets 300 into 700.
0: Um, I think Garrett should sometimes call and sometimes raise. You and know.
1: what would be the factors in that? Just like GTO stuff, like the, you know,
0: randomness? I think so. I think for the most part. I think, you know, if, if we somehow have a flush draw also, we should raise more of the time, but not all the time. I think if we have no backdoor, no other backdoors, or no backdoors, I should say, um, we should be a little more apt to... Uh... Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know if it really matters. I guess if we if we have more backdoors, we can raise a little bit more of the time. We should raise a little bit more of the time. But, um, beh. I don't. I don't know. I think raising is fine because this is a slightly favored. This board slightly favors Garrett's range. Sure. But I think it's. But I don't think you want to raise every time, especially against a maniac like freaking Andy, who's going to three bet you because just just he feels you with like king it. queen. Yeah. Now you're deep enough. You're just going to call. But great. You're going to. You could put in a lot of money and not get there, which is going to happen a lot, right?
1: Yeah. And if Garrett raises, he's repping mostly what eight two, nine deuce two, deuce. Yeah. A lot of, lot of top two. Some nine nine, some
0: eight eight. Some nine deuce, some eight deuce. Suited probably. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's fine. And so so he needs to balance that with some bluffs. This is a reasonable bluff, but he's going to have so many straight draws on this board. He can't raise them all. I don't know. I feel like I'd like to
1: raise... Well, maybe this one you could decide not to raise because you do have an over. But, like, Jack-10 feels like a more comfortable check call for an open-ender because you have mm-hmm. two overs. Yeah. Uh, this one with less showdown value, although nominally, than than Jack-10 and only one over
0: feels like a better raise than Jack-10. I agree with you, but when you're playing against Andy and Andy gets to see every hand you play and you've got so many hours and all this kind of stuff, even that you have to mix up, right? Because if he's going to be like, oh, you're the kind of guy when you're your bluffs, I even know what kind of bluffs you have here. It can't be that obvious. Yeah. You know, so even if he thinks like, okay, you're probably going to draw, he can't be able, if he can eliminate some of your draws, that's problematic. So, True. So I think you just, you're just going to have to mix it up against yeah. him.
1: That's fair. Anyway, Garrett decides to call, which seems fine. Oh, yeah. It's the type of straight draw where when it comes in, it's not the most obvious. That's one of the things that makes it much better for calling here.
0: Yeah. Also, that's a great point.
1: The six feels more obvious than the jack for some reason. Like, if, if that's how a straight draw comes in.
0: I don't know why. That's I That's just know. my personal feeling. I mean, this, the six is in the nuts, and the jack isn't. True. I don't know. True. Anyway, he's going to call. Yeah.
1: I'm going to call. All the listeners on the phone and tell them to sign up for nitrogen sports poker room. If you haven't gotten your call yet, it's coming.
0: Right, I'm going to call all the listeners a, a name that's going to upset them. And here it comes. You big heinies. And why would you call them the heinies? Not the heinies, just heinies. But why are you calling them that? You're trying to get them to sign up for nitrogen sports oh. poker room. Oh, this is that time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, were you talking about that? Yep. Huh? Okay. Okay what I said before I was joking. Yeah. You didn't mean that. And I will rescind it and I will say it not now, <laughs> but perhaps another time in the So place maybe you want to call the them period. something else. What do you want to call I will call them friends. Okay. Friends, <laughs> friends who are generous with their time and their hearts. Okay. And are forgiving. I'm not going to say all
1: that all at uh, once, but okay. I'm going to go with friends. Yeah. Friends of the podcast. You should all sign up for nitrogen sports. If you have not already using the link in the description of this podcast, It's not only for us. It tells Nitrogen that you came from us. It's nice for the poker guys. You want this podcast to keep going, don't you, you bastards? Sorry, friends. Um, Call them heinies. They hate that. friends. (laughs) Uh, But it also grants you access to our monthly tournament. It is a 0.1-millibit buy-in. There are 100 millibits guaranteed, meaning there are 1,000 buy-ins guaranteed Last month, we had 123 entries, which is probably a record. We think it's a record. We don't yeah. really pay attention. Listener Holden things. Cantrell won the thing. So yes. congratulations to Holden. Anyway, point is, huge overlay. You have to use the link even to see it, though.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You're <laughs> adding a lot to this. Um, <laughs> on Nitrogen, there's also, of course, sports betting and casino <laughs> games. Use the link before you sign up, no matter what you plan on doing on there, because it helps us out. Get a Nitrogen, get you some poker. Yeah, heinies. Jonathan <laughs> will insult you later.
0: Yeah, you're gonna get free insults. I'll tell you that. That's part of the that's part of the gift package.
1: You know how there used to be the woman at the World Series who would be like the bad beat booth, and she'd be like, "You can pay me, and I'll listen to your bad beat."
0: I remember. I don't think that's what it was, but something like that. Yes,
1: something like that happened. There should be a free insults booth at the World Series. Like you're already down in the dumps, you might as well
0: get called a shithead. I mean, why free insults? I think you should pay for your insults. Who's gonna stand there and do I mean, free insults? There's a tip jar. Yeah. I don't think they're going to tip you after you insult them. You got to get them to pay you before.
1: No, no. They want to be insulted. They,
0: yeah. But if you do a good enough job, then they're going to be sad and, and leave. I'm and just be like, Hey, guess do.
1: what? Your ear is ugly. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> you're supposed to say something about poker, you dick. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I, I, didn't, can, rea- I, can tell- I didn't realize the elephant man was alive. You know
1: I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that you're lonely and you're probably always going to be lonely.
0: <laughs> like Stuff like that. <laughs> There's so many, so many good things you could say. Yeah. To someone. Yeah, so I, I'm going to need payment ahead of time for that. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. We'll, we'll set that up later. We'll you can do a thing which is like you pay me $10 and if you don't run away crying in the first minute, I give you $5 back. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, I think it's pretty easy not to run away crying. You say that now, but wait till I unload how, how often you run away crying due to a barrage of insults.
0: <laughs> I mean, over the age of 12. How often do I yeah. or anyone you I mean, there's this one kid on my block. Uh Who is so mean. (laughs) And every day I like run into him. So for me, it's a lot. But for a lot of people, it probably isn't. Twice a day. Tommy is just... I just... I don't even know what to say to him anymore. I've tried everything. That's tough. I've tried ignoring him. I've tried insulting him back. Don't do that. (laughs) I've I've laughed at it. I've laughed it off. I've laughed with a tear in my eyes. One time I just burst into tears. That didn't help. (laughs) Well... I hope that saga continues and we can hear more about it. Anyway, the poker guys talk about bullying yep. <laughs> on a very special episode of The Breakdown.
1: Yeah, with uh, Corey and Topanga. All right, so eight of hearts, nine of clubs, deuce of diamonds, flop. we got queen, ten of diamonds for Andy and Garrett with seven, ten off. Open under and an ov- overs with gut shot. Andy is bet, 300 Garrett has called. The pot is $1,300. The turn is not fair. It is the jack of diamonds. So brutal. Garrett makes a second nuts. And Andy makes the nuts with the redraw to the flush, which doesn't matter at all, but it just makes him feel better.
0: Super brutal, though. What a, what a rough card. Yeah. Very rough.
1: Is there any reason that Garrett should lead? That's a cool
0: question. Um, I think against Andy, we could lead with the intention of three betting because Andy's going to raise us a lot if we lead, I think. But also check raising is fine. Andy's so crazy, almost no matter what we do, could induce more action, you know, and that's kind of great. Mm-hmm. Um I would think we probably get because the board is still range neutral. I think mostly we should check and let him bet, right? Like that's in flow and he's going to bet a, a lot uh, when when an overcard comes anyway, you know. It's a coordinated overcard though. Yeah, but he, if he has a if he has a jack he's going to bet, right? Sure, but he has some ace king and stuff like that. Of course, he might bet those too though, he's Andy. Yeah. He might. I mean, he's going to check back his his one pair of hands that are worse than jacks I think a lot of the time, right? Probably mm-hmm. maybe a nine ace nine. Maybe he'll bet again because he's, you know, going for super thin value against the guy who might hero him. But, you know, mostly he's going to check. But I think I think that Jack hits him and he's got a lot of air and why not let him bet one more time before we before we race. I think I like checking. What do you think? I think
1: I do in general as well. Uh, I don't know if we have leads on this card. Yeah. In this situation. But if we do, a straight is a pretty good one on no, the value side. No question. Because, of course, we don't block any of Andy's pairs, stuff like that. Anyway, Garrett decides to check. Seems totally fine. Yeah. Should Andy bet? I'm going to say yes. He okay. has the nuts. He should bet. And how should he size it? 1,300 in the pot.
0: Um, and now there's two diamonds on the board. Yep. Of course, he has a flush draw, but f- whatever. We already have the nuts as Andy. We don't want it to come in. Um, I think we should size big-ish. We're Andy. We're crazy anyway. I want to bet 1,000. I like that for a couple reasons.
1: Um, Garrett has a lot of hands that can continue on this card. He has yeah. like 8, 10, 9, 10, uh, Jack 10. Yep. Those all make sense. Queen Jack.
0: Queen Jack. 7 10, if we're super lucky, of course. I mean, that's the luckiest thing ever. Yeah. But, and it turns out it's. So. What do you think is
1: going to happen with 7 8 and hands like that? Is he going to call 1,000?
0: I am not sure, but he might. He's a can. If anyone's going to do it at this table, he's one of the few guys who might, right? Like, yeah. Dan Zach might. He might. Mike Possel would know to fold, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, Mike
1: Possel would fold 710.
0: Well, yeah. He would, no, actually, he'd make, he'd make a make lot of faces, a lot of smiles and call. And then the river would come and he'd make a lot of faces, a lot of smiles and realize he can't fold this one. It's going to look too obvious and call again. But he'll just check call twice and Justin Corral- Corraldis or whatever his name is would talk about how Mike just knows. Yeah. It's weird how that happens. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I think 1,000 is pretty good. What do you think?
1: I think that's a good idea because Garrett has a lot of hands that can continue. The other option is to try to induce with a small bet. Like maybe Garrett turns two sixes into a bluff. If you bet small enough and
0: you're freaking Andy, you know, they're deep enough that Garrett might turn two sixes into a bluff anyway, though. That's true. Like, I don't know if Andy's got going to have some obvious sizing tells like, you know, I think he's probably a little too sophisticated for that is my guess. I could be wrong. That's my guess.
1: Uh, Just like if you have two sixes, it gets a lot more tempting to turn into a bluff. If, if Andy bets small, I agree. I agree. Because you're like, oh, it looks like he has, like, ace nine, and he's just trying to, like, eke out value. So how small would you bet
0: to try and induce if you were doing that? Well, much? Andy bet 475. Wow. That's pretty small. into 1300. Yeah. When the second diamond comes, even. Yeah. Because he has nothing to be afraid of, so he just doesn't care, right? Right. Um, I mean, you,
1: you should be afraid of, like, king eight and king nine of diamonds and hands like that, but that's it, you know? I mean,
0: and even that, you still have yeah. the nuts. You actually, it's not, And you block diamonds. It's not bad. It's, it's not fine. bad at all, no. Um. Of course, there are a few bad cards on the river. You're not going to feel incredible about. Okay. So he, it feels like he's definitely going to try and induce when he does this.
1: Yeah. It does seem That's that way. Interesting. Yeah. And I imagine Andy is somewhat balanced here. He probably has like diamond draws that he'll try to induce here in three bet. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think Andy, we've seen him do all sorts of whack stuff. So sure. Right, so
1: he does bet 475, and Garrett's plan was probably always to check raise, but especially when it's
0: 475. I don't think there's a size where he wouldn't have check raised unless Andy bets so big that Garrett would be like, well, now he's so polarized that I better just call and hope he bombs the river. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. So
1: what size should Garrett make it?
0: Um, Garrett should make it like 2,200. He goes 25. okay. Pretty big size. I guess he's out of position, but yeah. It's big, but part of it is because Andy just went super small, right? If Andy bet a normal amount. All right, so... feel a little different.
1: It's tough with a guy like Garrett, but let's try a little bit to think. What are the value and what are the bluffs when when Garrett takes this line?
0: Great question. Um, I mean, Andy doesn't care right? he's got it. I know, but but I think it's a worthwhile exercise anyway.
1: Okay, Garrett could have picked up diamonds. So he could have 8x or 9x of diamonds? Yes. Or... Sometimes even like King Ten of Diamonds and have the open ender with it. I think so. Do you think he would call the flop with King Ten of Diamonds?
0: I think he might with overs and backdoors. Two backdoors, yeah. When they're assuming they're very deep and knowing it's Andy, where he might be able to get a lot. gets the ultimate turn card. I think it's pretty reasonable to call. Yeah, I'd much rather be in position. I think it's reasonable to fold also, but I think it's okay to call.
1: I think that's a more likely hand to check
0: raise than eight X or nine X of Diamonds because he has showdown value with those hands. Right, right. I agree. Um, he could have like six, seven of diamonds. Yeah. That makes sense. He could just have six, seven,
1: period. You just have any six, seven and decide yeah. like that completes some straights. I'll rep the straights that I missed.
0: Right. And also like just like uh, it's getting harder and like there's worse. There's a lot of weird bad cards on the river and can't really call here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, For 475, I guess you could. But even then, it's like a 10 isn't good anymore. Like you don't like having a 10 anymore. 6-7 is such a bad bad hand now, right? Right. Like a four is the only thing you feel good about.
1: What about hands like five, po- what about me, hands five. like
0: pocket sixes and stuff like that that he's probably calling the flop with? Do you think he turns those into bluffs sometimes? Probably a little bit. He's Garrett. He yeah. does things like that. He'd much rather put pressure on you than not. So I'm gonna, say, especially against a guy like Andy, who absolutely can double barrel here. Although Andy choosing the small sizing, Andy usually has a reasonable hand right when he does that. I guess, or
1: maybe Andy takes a lot of small, small big lines.
0: Oh, maybe. Okay, fair enough. I mean, Garrett's been around a lot. He would know if there's full equity here or not against Andy, right? Um, So any hoots and hollers? Uh, Yeah, so what are the value hands then that Garrett has here? Well, he's got queen 10, he's got Mm 10-7. I think he has um, some sets, which he might have waited one street to raise.
1: Yeah, like deuce-deuce being the most likely of them because he might three-bet eights or nines. Right.
0: Right. But he also may just call with those because they're really deep. Yeah, but he also may raise with those because they're really deep. Of course. No, it could go both ways. I'm saying, though, he can have some sets still, I think. Um, But another one that really looms large, of course, is like jack nine. Jack nine and jack eight. Yeah. Yeah. Those, Those feel like all the hands that are of value, right? Yeah, I don't think there's really anything else. I mean, I don't think he's check raising 8-9, although he might on this small sizing decide to. It's kind of a scary time. to But then you're a little worried, like, cool, he bets small, and I'm probably ahead, and how do I ever get value? Right. Like, like he's going to fold a lot. Although it's Andy, maybe he's not. Maybe Andy's going to 3-bet, and I have to call down anyway. And I have to be lucky eight, enough that Andy has an overpair
1: that he's going to call down with, which, like, maybe Andy will call down with an overpair, but Andy's combos pre-flop are so expansive, and all he's yeah. done is be aggressive so far, so he doesn't have to have an overpair. You know,
0: there's not that many combos. How about Garrett having, like, ace Jack here? And check raising, yeah, against the small sizing of Andy, it's not insane. It's not insane, I suppose. But again, hard to get a lot of value, but not impossible. Yeah, Speci- specifically because it's Garrett. If Andy has the worst jack, he's going to call. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't love it. If he has a ten, he's going to call. I don't really love the ace jack idea. Do you think? It's, I'd rather do just lead ace jack. The question I... is, do you think he can have it? I think it's unlikely.
1: Yeah. If I were going to take an aggressive action on the turn with Ace Jack, I think I would
0: lead. Hmm. And call if you get raised. I guess against Andy, yeah. you have to.
1: Yeah. Not that I like any of these things. I don't think you should do that with Ace Jack.
0: Just sucks when you have Ace Jack here. He bets small, you call and just goes check, check on the river, and you're like, bleh. All and right.
1: He's got
0: like, and he's got like, you know, 7 8. Maybe you couldn't get any more value anyway. I guess raising isn't going to get you much more value no. than 7 8 most of the time. And he's not going to bet 7 8 that often on the turn, by the way. Andy. Probably not. You're right. When the jack comes, especially, you're right. All right. Good point. So
1: Garrett raises to 2,500. Yeah. What should Andy do, keeping in consideration what
0: we think Garrett's range probably is? I think this is a clear re-raise for Andy. Um, Not just because he has the nuts, although that helps. It's nice. He has this extra thing going for him here, which is he might be free-rolling Garrett. Garrett could have queen 10, you mean? It would be something else to get it all in right now. And be free rolling. I mean, 20%, 20%, of the time, yeah. 20% of the time you get you get all his money, and the other, the other 80%, you just get all your money back anyway, and who cares? You can only get that in right now, because the board can pair, and, he'll, and you can't get it all in, or the diamond can come, and he'll be more... He'll, he'll just check call. He'll know call. not to get it all in, no matter what. They're too deep. He's not going to get it all in if a diamond comes. But right now, if he's got queen 10, he might get it in. I think you absolutely should re-raise for that, and also because Garrett can have a lot of other hands that he's calling with. What
1: right? do you think the bottom of Garrett's calling range is here? if Andy re-raises. he's
0: uh, calling all sets obviously cuz he has full house outs. I mean, depending on the sizing, I assume Garrett's going to call all his like major draws. Although maybe not a 10 anymore with two diamonds out there. If it's, he can't if he has jack 10, yeah, I don't know about probably that. Probably going to call. He's not going to raise jack 10 anyway, He's right? definitely
1: calling with like king 10 of diamonds, but of
0: course from of Andy's course. perspective, Garrett can't have that. Right. Um yeah, queen 10 of diamonds for sure. King 10 I said, but but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Andy's got Queen 10 of diamonds, bro. Yeah. Bro. And more of that. Pay attention. If um, Garrett decided to play 8-9 like this, do you think he calls a 3-bet? Against Andy, he might. Yeah. If I wasn't Andy, I'd be concerned about it, but I would not worry about that piece. I'd be more worried about, like, if he, just, if he happens to have the other Queen 10s, there's nine combos of it out there, it's reasonable he'd play it like this. I just have to get all the money in right now. There's so much money to be won... Like my equity is so I make more money by getting it all, in right now even if I fold out some of the other stuff, you know, so I, I'd want to raise to give him a chance. Well,
1: the only question is like how frequently is Garrett bluffing, and is he going to continue doing that on the river because we don't want to chase all of that away. No, we it would don't. Would be a reason not to three bet. The thing can, is,
0: if Garrett if Garrett raises twenty five hundred, and they are um, like how deep we don't we don't know exactly how deep they are, but I would guess they're something like fifty thousand ish. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, fifty yeah. k deep. Well, then there's forty seven thousand five hundred to potentially win, if we can get if we re raise now. And by not re raising, a lot of the time we're not going to we're not going to get that money. We can't get it all. If a diamond comes, we're not getting it all. Yeah. So I don't care as much about missing out on the bet of four thousand on the river, even though that's a nice bet. With the times he's bluffing and he's going to go for it, which of course there are some because of this chance to get, you know, the expected value of the forty seven five is is you know like a little is like nine grand. So. I just don't worry about the rest of it. That, yeah, that's, that'd be my thought.
1: That's fair. Along with the fact that, like, Andy is a guy who does more post-flop three-bets than maybe I've ever
0: seen in cash games. Like, mm-hmm.
1: he, he three-bet top pair on the turn, I think, in yeah. a hand that
0: we did before. Right. This which, is why I was wondering if Garrett could check raise hands like this yeah. jack, you know. But then you have to call, which
1: is... Yeah, but it's Andy. You you will call. Yeah. So that's a reason to three-bet if you're Andy, of course. Because, yeah. like, you, you've, you're the guy who three-bet jack-10 on, like, a jack-eight-nine-four board one time.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Makes sense against a guy like Garrett to three bet totally. Now what's let, so I, we both think he should three bet? Yeah. What size should he choose?
1: Well, in the case that Garrett really has something and isn't going to four bet, like what's the size where we can? What's the most we can make it basically because we're going to be deep well, right. that Garrett will call with the range that we want him to call with, like we, assuming fifty k effective. We let's say eight nine is like let's be a little conservative and say eight nine is near the bottom of Garrett's value raising range. Sure. How much is he going to call with
0: 8-9? I think if we make it $6,800, he's going to call with 8-9 a lot. Yeah. I think if we make it 10000 he might fold 8-9. Right. So if he has queen 10, he's probably going to put in another raise a lot of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have to worry too much about that. There isn't... If we were deep enough, we're not deep enough. If we have 50, if we're 50k, for 150k or 200k effective, it may actually make sense to move in right now. I mean, cuz he's going to snap you with queen 10 and you get 20% of his I think you're focusing a little bit too much on that. I understand that. I'm just but I'm just saying like if you're deep enough, there's a point when it actually is worth moving in. Uh, I, Obviously that's not the case here.
1: I, okay, so I think maybe we should frame this a little differently okay. based on what are his most likely value holdings because as played, I think Garrett's most likely value holdings are Jack-8 and Jack-9.
0: Yeah. is. A, I think Jack-9 feels like right there. Jack-8, of course, is the same. Except it's not as good as Jack-9. Right. Which is right there. But it's equally likely, right? But you it's know. a little less likely. Because? Because it's Garrett. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Stop trolling as as... the audience. Okay.
1: So... What I'm trying to get at is 8-9 is not as likely because he would check-raise that on the flop with some frequency.
0: And he's not always going to check-raise it Queen-10
1: and seven ten are not as likely because he's going to check-raise those on the flop with some frequency. Yep, Jack-8 and Jack-9 are almost never check-raises on the flop. Right. That's well said. And so we should maybe focus on those hands more. Okay. See, we'll see how much we can get out of those.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, I think we can get a lot out of those. Yeah. I think if we make it 10,000, we can get called by those. Personally. I think that's reasonable. Um, and then, yeah, everything be- those and everything better, that's most of it, right? 8-9 is like the only two-pair hand that is sort of, I guess there's, a, I guess there's Deuce's. I guess Jack Deuce suited or something like yeah. that. I guess he could have that too. Um, and I don't know what he's going to do with Jack Deuce suited, actually, if we put in a three-bet. It's a 10K. Right. But there's so many other good, strong hands that he can have right now. When we've got the nuts and a redraw, I just don't know why we wouldn't size it up and make it. I, I don't want to go 68. I want to go closer to 10. I want to make it ten thousand. He goes in between there, he, seventy-eight, seventy-five. Okay, because he hates
1: dealers, so he decided to make it seventy-eight, <laughs> seventy-five instead of you know seventy-nine hundred or eight K. Yeah. Um, all right, so now Garrett's in a bit of a pickle, is he? He's got the second nuts against Andy. What's the pickle? The pickle is should I raise or should I call? Right. That's I'm not saying that pickle. he's necessarily behind. I'm just saying it's now like it's hard to know what to do.
0: I think I think we should pretty clearly just call here, so we can only raise with the nuts. Well, we've already raised, right? No, we can only, only four-bet four the nuts. Four-betting, four especially at a position... I guess position doesn't matter as much anymore. Four-betting here feels like it's really hard to get action so can from worse hands. So can we four-bet any anything besides the nuts? Look, if Andy has a set, I guess we can four-bet here, right? That's the thing. That's that's what we're trying to get value out of now is a set if we
1: four Right, bet. but it's still... It's kind of a bad idea to four-bet, <laughs> I think like I think you can't forbet the nuts cuz you can't forbet anything else.
0: Maybe if you had maybe the king ten of diamonds is a hand you could you could forbet. Okay, so one combo. We have a blocker. King well, ten ace ten of diamonds king ten of diamonds. Yeah. Um you have a blocker also to go along with it,
1: which helps so then maybe you only forbet your suited Oh, maybe you thins? can do king
0: queen of diamonds and ace queen of diamonds cuz you block the nuts there too. It's tough to have either of those. Yep, he did have. It's tough to have those. But maybe for it was only three hundred on the flop, right? Maybe Garrett just calls. Well, ace. Can, yeah, but, but pre flop is what you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Once in a while he can have ace queen of diamonds. Feels like he almost never has ace king of diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's tough to have those king queen of diamonds. And that doesn't block the nuts, by the way. There's no third diamond yet. No, but the queen. The queen blocks the nuts. Oh right? yeah,
1: it does. Yeah, it does. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a spot where you can't really four bet that much.
0: Well, this is where stack sizes actually start to matter a little bit, right? Like, how deep are we really? Right.
1: I mean, if we were 20k effective, you could just shove with
0: 710 here or queen 10 or a set. I mean, I think the deeper you are, the more you should be four betting with the nuts and the shallower you are, the more you shouldn't be. And then there's a point where you get shallow enough where you can again. Like, if you're 20K effective, you should be just shoving with right. All, it's all fine. It's hands. fine to shove, right. But at 50K effective, you probably have to only call. But let's say you're a million dollars effective. Now you should absolutely be for betting, right? Yeah. Because, like, well, lots of things are going to call you now. Sure. Like, there's so much. Like, there's so much. The implied odds are huge. But nobody's ever in a game like that. Correct, but I'm just saying. Like, but these guys are, like try and play super deep, so I think it. Yeah, but it that would be matter. ten thousand blinds, right? Now, well, so we, haven't we seen like Garrett sometimes have like five thousand blinds before and something? I we've seen some. I think we've seen someone have five thousand blinds. We've seen him have five hundred blinds. I think we've seen somebody at five thousand blinds, but maybe it's five hundred. Anyway, anyway, so that that that's where it actually would matter a little bit. But I I sort of agree with you that it's really hard to four bet anything here. Mm-hmm. And I Thanks. guess if we've got Queen Ten, our plan is to call check raise. check raise all in on safe cards but yeah. if the board pairs or the diamond comes we're just going to check call yeah As- assuming any doesn't bet small enough that we just think we have to raise yeah okay that seems fine
1: yeah and i think it's like just from without getting away from like what what our ranges are like four forbidding 710 is scary here like we got five bet, oh, yeah. we're like well shit i could just be drawing dead and losing all this money
0: but am i gonna fold right like s- what? yeah he could have top set right yeah and it's Andy. Yeah, so I think we should just avoid that situation. Yeah, although five-betting is really different than three-betting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we should just avoid that situation. Yeah, I think so, too. I agree. I mean, four, you almost never see someone four-bet on post-flop. Like, right. It's so rare. It's pretty rare. For all the reasons. Anyway, Garrett doesn't.
1: He just calls. Yeah. I like the decision. Me, too. The pot is now $18,050, and the board reads, 8-9-deuce with one diamond. The turn was the jack of diamonds, giving Garrett the second nut straight, Andy the nut straight, and the third nut flush draw. Mm-hmm. The river is a meaningless five of hearts. Yeah, Six-seven gets there, which is nice for Andy. Like, maybe Garrett could have six-seven sometimes. Yep. Although, maybe he folds the three-bet, because it's like a bad openender at this point, because the
0: ten is not really I think so he does good. throw. Unless he's got um, diamonds specifically, yeah. I think he folds for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, Garrett checks. Yep. Is that all right? He has to check. Yeah. It's been three-bet on the turn.
0: I mean... If Andy has a hand that he's going to check back, he's usually not going to call a bet anyway. I don't think if we suddenly lead here, probably true. Looks like I mean we just called the three bet out of position, like and then we lead, like we just have it too much, right? Like I guess we have a few busted draws, but come on. Could you do the uh, Oscar Ing play and bet like three hundred? Try to induce. Um, we could, but probably he's just—he's Andy. He's probably just going to bet anyway. Like we probably don't have to do anything. True. Like why just let him do his thing? True. So, Garrett checks. Andy's got a bet, obviously. He's got the nuts. How much do you want to bet? 18,000-something in the pot, right? hmm Well, Garrett just called a three-bet, and we're Andy, right? I want to bet fucking big.
1: Yeah. The only thing we're going to lose is combo draws that missed. Like, we're definitely going to...
0: never going to get action for those anyway, yeah. no matter what. I guess we could bet tiny and hope to win induce. It because
1: it's a tough spot with Jack 8 and Jack 9. Absolutely. For Garrett.
0: But Garrett. If Garrett has a set, if Garrett has a straight, he just has to pay us off most of the time, almost no matter what, right? Yeah. So that's great. And he might hero a jacket and Jack nine. Anyway, he's Garrett. You know, he might do that. Yeah. I kind of want to bet $20,000 here, man. That's reasonable. Andy
1: goes a little smaller, still pretty big bet, 14, five.
0: Yep. And he's trying to capture a little more of Garrett's of Garrett's calling range here, clearly, both, both on his re-raise and his three bet, on the turn in now, he's sizing it a little smaller, right? He's a little afraid he's going to lose Garrett. He's, and he wants to keep in, like, the jack eights of the world for sure. Yeah. And maybe even the eight-nines.
1: And think. usually our discussion now would be about whether Garrett should call or race. But instead of that, I'm going to tell you that Garrett tanks and folds somehow.
0: So now that's something that we need to unpack. Yeah. Because what the hell? Oh, no. I know how this works. I got this. Okay. He's got a phone. It's on his <laughs> lap. He's looking yeah. down a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. This is not true. Let's I'm not kidding. say that publicly. We, obvi- we don't I'm believe I'm obviously that. kidding. That's not happening. Come on. It's a Mike Postle joke. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't understand this fold. Off of the, maybe we can get into it and figure it out. There are certain players you could absolutely fold to here. Very few, though. Because what if they have top set? Yeah. I guess... If, Everybody bets top set here, right? I mean, 6-7 does come in, but you wouldn't be afraid of it. There's one combo 6-7 that can even call the turn. The turn three bet. I think everybody bets top set here. Yeah. I would bet top set here. I think
1: everybody bets middle set. Yep. I think maybe Every- a set of eights you can decide not to bet because... Give t- me
0: a break. You got to <laughs> bet middle set. You got to bet eights. Okay. Maybe you can check back deuces. Even that seems a little crazy to me, but you could. Yeah. We're trying to get value from, t- from top two. Let's, go g- let's get that value, man. Yeah. Go get it. I mean, it
1: makes top two make and, and top and middle make the most sense as played for Garrett to have hundred
0: percent, and and he can have Jack Deuce suited.
1: These also, are all reasons to call as Garrett, like yeah. which basically amounts to distribution, right? Like Garrett is
0: has the second nuts, so that's that's high in his distribution, <laughs> and even and the way he played this, he would play a lot of hands that are good but worse than this, yeah. The same way. Like, if he had a set of deuces, play like he this. might play it just like this. He might raise the flop, but sometimes he's going to raise the turn. If he had jack eight or jack nine, he might play it exactly like this. Absolutely. If he had jack deuce, he might play it exactly like this. And those are each nine combos, jack eight and jack nine, you know? And there is six, seven of diamonds out there, yeah. which he might play just like this. He yeah. might. He might not. He might raise the flop. He might yeah. not call the turn. But I think a lot of times he's going to play it like this. This is such a candidate. And by the way, we block, we block the nuts. We have a 10. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It isn't like the board is um, six, seven, eight and we've got four five. We black nothing of the nuts. It's harder for Andy to have it. This seems like a very obvious call to me.
1: It does. I mean, all right, so distribution says call, obviously. No question.
0: Okay, opponent. Andy is it's Andy. He's bluffy. He's bluffy as heck. We've seen him do all sorts of weird stuff. So that's another reason to call.
1: That's I mean, a clear reason to call. The best thing I got is there's some level of history between them that Garrett has put, stitched a couple things together that Andy's unaware of based on like certain board textures and when Andy three-bets the turn, something like that.
0: Even so, you have the second nuts. Like If we think Andy's going to bet jack-jack here and 9-9 nine, nine here and probably 8-8 eight, eight here and maybe deuce-deuce here, what's the problem? Yeah. There's more combos of that than there is queen-10. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't get it at all. By the way, we don't have to be right 50% of the time or anything. He's betting 14 into 17, right? Or into 18. Yeah. It's great. We're getting, we're getting a, a wonderful price to call. We can be wrong a lot. We're not going to be wrong that often. I have no idea how Garrett puts Andy in the nuts and Me folds. either. I wonder if there's a physical read or something because I don't get it. This, is, this, is, this is, is either so far above the rim or some, or he's looking at something we're just not looking at. Like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't see how this is possible. Is this the greatest fold of all time? It is up there. I still feel... I always go to Yop Van Bygard. It's the greatest fold of all time. Um, This is one of the great folds. Yeah. But I don't understand how it's possible. The Yop one, at least he talked to uh, Ben Willinovsky some and got some verbal stuff from him, right? Which he clearly did. Like, you can see the verbal stuff he gets from him. Which helps him make the decision. That said, he is clearly not liking it and is thinking about folding the whole way. Um, Garrett just sort of sits there for a while and like says some stuff and folds, and it's really weird. I don't understand it. Like I don't know how to even like all the things I would use to decide to call would tell me to call here. So this yeah. is really something. Seems like a pretty obvious call.
1: Yeah. Like Andy could easily be value betting a worse hand.
0: Right. We block the nuts. We have the second nuts. Andy can be value betting worse hand. Andy's got a re- man- maniacal reputation. Maybe you're right. There's maybe there's something about this line where Garrett knows Andy gives up in this spot every time he's bluffing. But if he's value betting worse hands, it doesn't matter. It's not like he bet five hundred thousand into a pot of fourteen as eighteen. He bet fourteen into a pot of eighteen. Is it possible that Garrett
1: misread the board and thought the board paired? And now he's like, well, now I'm not beating enough. What like, was the river? Five of hearts.
0: I don't see that as being very likely. Neither do I. It's I I I got nothing. I got nothing. This is one of the few times I have nothing. Yeah. This have... feels like obvious call. Yeah. Easy, obvious, insta-call, and you're like, you assume you're winning, and you almost feel like nitty for just calling. I feel like it's a
1: bad fold. Like, yeah. But it is a great fold, obviously.
0: But and it's not like he normally makes it. We've seen him make all these hero calls. Remember against uh, Ryan Fee? He called like $100,000 total with two eights on a board rife with overcards, where he got three-bet big pre, right? Well, maybe it was 50K, whatever it was, some huge amount. He called 16K on the turn and more than pot on the river. You know? There's like 45K. Yeah, he put in like $65,000 with two eights. How does he fall for 14K here? Yeah, I mean, he was wrong that time with the two eights. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah. He was wrong. We see him be wrong sometimes. <laughs> um, this is super weird. I will say this it's a little bit unfortunate that this Mike Postle thing actually happened so recently. Cause we're like, well, it's on a stream and it's so crazy and it's it's like it's hard. My mind sort of like goes to that place a little bit, even though I have no reason to think that about Garrett. No, I mean, at let's, all.
1: let's be clear. We don't think Garrett is anything like that. Especially, Absolutely not. Like that Ryan Fee hand is a great example of why not. That hand was like he lost like seventy thousand yeah. dollars in that hand, and it was a hand that you could, if you were super using, easily fold, and everybody would completely understand. No one would
0: have thought it. You call the you call the raise preflop. You miss on the board, you check fold. No one think anything. If you really want to be cool, you call once and fold the turn. Yeah, no one would think a damn thing of it at any point. Right? Yeah. No, no. And this is a lot. That was a lot more money lost than this is. And yeah. This is saved, so it's not about that. So I don't, I don't actually think he's super using. Don't get me wrong, but it almost feels like it. And I think I think all the news that's been around poker yeah. makes it. It's easier to like, it's harder to like push that completely out of my head because nothing else makes sense to me. I, yeah, I mean, it is it is unfortunate timing yeah, for this podcast because like, well.
1: this is the first time, honestly, that I'm drawing a blank as to how you could consider folding here.
0: It's like, I'm like, the only way to make this fold is to know what the hands are. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking, but I think it's just because of all the Mike Postle stuff. Is it possible if we didn't have all that going on, we'd work a little harder to try and find? I am working a hard. Like, me what, too. Like, I, the best Physical thing I can read. come up
1: with is like, Garrett doesn't have the 10 of diamonds in his hand
0: and he would. Not having ten of diamonds is good. Yeah. You don't want to have the ten of diamonds. Yeah,
1: that, yeah, you, if you don't have the ten of diamonds, then then Andy can have a combo draw, which is now bluffing. Right. So you want no. to
0: block you don't want to block diamonds, he doesn't. It's the hand is a wonderful hand to call with here. At least call with, by the way. Um I don't get it at all. Listeners. Yeah, help us out. Thoughts?
1: And don't give us he's cheating because he's not.
0: Yeah, we yep. don't think he's cheating. But we have no idea what's going on. I get it up until the river, up yeah. until the crazy thing that happened. All right, let me see if there's anything else I can come up with here. Besi- okay, there's physical read. There's maybe something about the line where he sees Andy gives up every time in this spot. Um, even so, I don't think that matters. Like, who cares, if we- who cares if he doesn't have any bluffs? We should be able to beat some value. We should be able to beat enough value that it doesn't matter. Right, we only need. I mean, we're getting better than two to one. We don't. There's only nine combos of Queen Ten, anyway, because we've got a Ten. Is in our it hand. possible that Andy? Sorry, are... that's not true. Not nine combos. Right, there's there's twelve combos yeah. of Queen Ten. Sorry, um, there's twelve combos of Queen Ten. But we're getting two to one, which means as long as he's betting Jack Jack and nine nine, we're getting a good enough price. <laughs> that's all we need. Forget about the fact that he's certainly betting eight eight. He's probably betting that he's of course betting the same hand. He might be betting six seven in diamonds for all I know. He probably is if, if he's betting Jack Jack, right? I mean, like, what the hell?
1: All right, so this is a huge huge stretch. Go. But so maybe Garrett has a sizing tell on Andy, and Andy's not as balanced as we're giving yeah. him credit for on the turn. Yeah. When or on the yeah, the turn, when Andy bets 475, and Garrett's just like, Andy always bets bigger with the set there. Right. And if he's bluffing, he might bet that size and then three bet, but he always
0: shuts it down on the river when he gets called. Right. Or maybe he's like, Andy never bluffs with that size. Yeah. Ever. I I find it hard to believe that Andy is so easy to read with the sizing. No, No, I, I agree. I think of Andy as being like really tough and brutal to play with, not like, oh, he's just a maniac. Yeah, I agree. Like, from the things we've seen, it's like he's. It'd be like a nightmare to play with Andy because he's just gonna, he's gonna, Garrett too. They're just gonna put you to all these tough decisions and it's not gonna be obvious or easy. There's lots of guys who are maniacs who are easy to play against. Andy does not strike me as one of those guys. But maybe Garrett does have some sort of sizing thing. But let me say this even with all of that, this feels like a call anyway. I agree. We're still beating value. Who cares about all the other stuff? Andy can think he's got the best hand with Jack Jack here. Absolutely. He can three bet Jack Jack. He three bets top pair. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he three back? Be- He's like, oh well, Queen Ten and Ten Seven got there. Sure, but also a lot of other things got there too. And with Jack Jack, you've got outs and what's the problem? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't understand this. Well, I think that's the best we got in on that one. Wow. What a fold.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's Music is my in sunlight, and all I need is one mic, you and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them some I'm slipping them like a requitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took him on a break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gon' be traveling the globe. we still have time to make it.